in order to be fully present in the room. Begin to pay attention to the body. Awareness of the body in the body. The Buddha's first foundation of mindfulness. The immediacy of the felt sense of the body where sensations arise, attention goes just momentarily. Invite a wave of relaxation to pass through the body from the top of the skull all the way down through the body. Deliberately relax the breath. For you, this might mean a deeper breath or a more shallow breath or a softer breath. Just inviting the breath to relax. Greet the breath. This knowing that you know the breath in this moment. And then another wave of relaxation. Inviting the mind to be bright, curious. This curious, open mind is what allows investigation. The alertness notices the vachara sustains And then this process of mindfulness investigates, curious, open. Drop attention into the lower half of the body. Feel the buttocks, the pelvis, the bench, the chair, the cushion. Notice that which is heavy, hard, firm in the pelvis. And the same with the upper legs. And the lower legs. Recognizing this felt experience as the felt experience of the earth element. Confirm for yourself that indeed there is this felt experience. Hard, 
firm, heavy. And now invite this earth element to rest on Mother Earth. It's a kind of releasing. Noticing the effect on the breath, if there is any. Noticing the sense of being grounded, rooted, sitting in the bones, present here, now, in this room, in this space, in this moment. Notice the stillness, the stillness in your body, the stillness in the room, even with movement, there is a felt sense of stillness. It underlies movement. Notice that the mind has a certain stillness. And now move attention to the breath as we have done so many days. Your intimate companion on this retreat. Carefully accepting the breath as it is. Not judging it or comparing it or fixing it. And notice that you have an anchor relationship with this breath. It's a refuge. You know how to rest attention, even if it's very momentarily, on the breath. You're actually quite skilled no matter how momentarily, you can choose to connect. This stillness of mind on breath, such an asset, such a foundation. Feel the breath. Know that you're connecting with the breath. Know that you know you are correcting, connecting to the breath. Knowing that you know 
you're connecting to the breath. Any sense of well-being when there is a collected and unified moment. Acknowledge the felt sense of that, no matter how faint. Such calm in this connection. And now we come to a point of choice in our practice. You may choose to stay with the breath in just this manner through this entire sit. Or, if you choose, you can go to an open, choiceless awareness, which I will be guiding us through. If you choose this open awareness and it becomes too much, you start getting spaced out, lost in thought, then know that you have established this anchor in the breath that you can come back to momentarily or for the rest of the sit. Acknowledge now to yourself that this is so. Not taking my word for it, but your own truth of your experience. The anchor is available. You know, you know, the felt sense of it. For those who choose, let loose of the breath and turn attention to the arising and passing of sound. Sound in the room, sound from outside. Sound can include the silence, that stillness in the silence. Sounds in your own body.
notice that the knowing has a stillness. Even a sound comes and goes, all on its own. open and vast, this awareness, this knowing quality of mind. Not grasping after sound, not seduced by the movement of sound, but resting back in this open, spacious knowing. Things come and go. Hearing, hearing. Turn your attention to the experience of the room as a whole. How vast this room is. Its high ceilings, its length, its width. And yet when you turn your attention to it, there's a felt sense of it. But you do not become the room, just as you do not become the sound. Resting back in this open, spacious awareness, other body sensations, will come and pass. Note the arising of the sensation like sound or like the sense of space in this room. And that there is no need for an identification Just warmth in the belly, tingling, tingling in the hands. It comes and goes and is known. 
thoughts will come and go. All on their own. Just as you do not become the room, you need not become the thought. This open, spacious, knowing, so still. A mind collected and unified around knowing. Emotions may come, and if so, they too will go. They too will be known. Emotion, emotion. Arising on their own, passing in their own time without you becoming the emotion, just as you do not become the sound. Resting in awareness itself Choiceless awareness, still steady. Attention moves from one object to another, but this knowing merely stays still, steady, and reflects. So spacious, this knowing. All objects of experience can come and go. If you get spacey, caught, lost, temporarily return to the breath until the mind is steady once again. If it's overwhelming, Stay with the breath. Knowing that you know each experience as it's arising. Feeling the steadiness, the collected and unified feeling of this open awareness how you can rest the mind in its own knowing, immediate, immediate, here, now.
if you get lost in some object that's arisen, this is not really a problem. Being lost is like this. Once you're awake, once again to this open awareness that knows objects of experience as they arise and pass. Always knowing you can come back and rest in the breath.
our purpose in giving you the option to move to the Vipassana practice is for you to see while you're really in the sweet spot of the concentration what it's like to have choiceless awareness in doing Vipassana. So the mature form of Vipassana is this open awareness that's willing to be with any object as it comes and goes. On a retreat, a Vipassana retreat, we take you through the body, feelings, the Vedna, the pleasant, unpleasant, the, the emotions and the thought processes and then all the dharma of the hindrances and the seven factors of enlightenment and four noble truths because we're systematically learning it. But the maturing of the mind state is this collected and unified awareness that can stay present for whatever arises. That open mind state of this open awareness is most conducive to insight around the four foundations of mindfulness. But if you don't know the four foundations to begin with, it's less effective. So therefore, you know, the, the, the systematic teaching. But this is where it matures. And from here you practice Vipassana. It's, so that's the first thing. Secondly, it's very interesting to watch, once we've really gotten to some degree of concentration, how easily we are attached to that, right? And even, I bet, some of you who are not that pleased with how, how concentrated you were, as soon as there came this other option, boy, that breath was available. <laughs> I've been there myself, so I well know. And then the third thing is the quality of an open awareness can have such an underbase, such a foundation of this collected and unified mind. So there is this uh, calm, this stillness there, that's the awareness is still its reflective nature, as, as Andrea was teaching us last night. This reflective nature can know all of this without becoming it. And then we get to see how we get seduced. So maybe for you, it's certain emotions that, that something about those emotions, that the, the charge of them or the quickness of them, uh, it could be a number of different things. You really get pulled into that emotion. It could be an old habit of mind. It's just an old habit of mind you get pulled in. Or even with hearing or smell or something, it could be some, some association with smell or something about movement itself or the interject of movement. That's what grabs you. All these different things can grab each of us. And with this open awareness, we notice, oh, this is, this is the pattern of my mind. It's just a pattern. It's just a habit. Or it's just an incident right now. And this open awareness recognizes. It's, it, it is this Vipassana. It's, it is seen through to the way of many things. It's seen the arising and passing, the truth of all of that. And learning how to skillfully relate to each experience. There's a, a small set of skills, relatively small, uh, but that, and they apply in different ways to this whole range of experience we have. 
This is Vipassana. The more insight we have, the more skillful we are in how we relate to the 10,000 things that happen in the mind. We become more skillful. We become more at ease. We have more choice. We have more choice. So buttressed by this uh, collected and unified mind, a certain steadiness of mind. Otherwise, we get caught and the momentum keeps going and then we bounce to another thing and another thing and we don't come back to the knowing. So when we can't come back to the knowing in some way, we don't, we're, we're not an observing participant, we're just a lost participant, then very useful to take shelter in the breath. Very, very useful in the Vipassana. And very skillful to spend the first days of a retreat, even if you're doing a Vipassana retreat, establishing a certain collected and unified mind, which hopefully some of you got to feel the benefit of that as you started this. So this day, each of you have the choice how much of the continuation of concentration, of the collecting and unifying you're choosing to do versus opening to Vipassana, this open awareness. So it's, it, you, you, uh, it's up to you to find your own balance. You could do part of the first half of the sit collecting, unifying the mind, then open to Vipassana. You could say, I'm going to do the whole morning with collecting and unifying, but the afternoon, or just the opposite. Feel yourself, trust yourself in this practice. So questions or comments? You notice the, um, the choiceless awareness on sounds. If I, um, if I imagine it coming from like, my center, it's the, the Vedana, the feelings, um, it's not So uh, he said that he, if he notices sound when he's in choiceless awareness, if he notices sound like coming from his center, it is more pleasant for him. There's, there more the the vedna, the feeling tone is more pleasant. It's fine to choose to do that as part of your practice, but not to the degree that you would develop a a, a dependency on it, because we're not. We're, we're learning uh, to have the mind be free of conditions, not how to maneuver conditions so they'll be a little better than they would be otherwise. But it's okay to establish that pleasantness in that way and then open up and let it be coming from wherever it chooses to come from. Does that make sense to you? Uh-huh. And that continued through the rest of the meditation. And I've had the last 24 hours, there's always started to be a shift towards the seeing through of the many things and how that relates to um, impermanence, unreliability, and the confusion around self and how that creates the clinging. So, bang on, having 
great retreat, thank you. Um, <laughs> in terms of an appropriate expectation, so I'm in this kind of heightened state where I have good concentration. I can actually follow your instructions and move into knowing as an anchor, which seems pretty subtle. Um, I'm gonna go home and I, I can, you know, right now I feel like I can commit to 45 minutes a day. It's probably gonna degrade, you know, to maybe a 30 minute sit daily. If I'm lucky, maybe five days a week. You know, yeah. I'll probably get to come here once a year. Yeah, I, w- I want to stop you there because you're jumping ahead quite a bit. <laughs> so, so we will address this at the end. We will speak to the relationship between Vipassana and concentration in a home practice. Those of you who didn't hear the first part, he said that uh, he had initial resistance just as he had gotten his game on to switching to this new practice, but then he landed, and that, in fact, as he opened to sound and the idea that he was not that sound and that he was not the space in the room, he then, when it turned to his own emotions and his body, and his thoughts, he saw that the same principle was true. And he realized this is, this is a profound insight, and indeed it is. I often will say to people, just when you're out in the rain and you get wet, and you're really soaked, you know, you're wet, but you never think, oh, I'm the rain. And yet, you can get soaked in an emotion, and we're each just totally convinced we are that emotion, you know. It's because it's, it's where it's experienced that we get confused. And sometimes this kind of rehearsing this way opens us up. So uh, the gentleman in the very back. So he noticed that he could be with other objects, but the breath was still there, sort of in the background. And the question is, is is that really open, choiceless awareness? And my answer, and different teachers may answer this differently, my answer is that, yes, you can have in the foreground choiceless awareness, but there is some sense of body awareness or breath that is anchoring you in the moment. And so that, you, that is actually empowering your opening to various things. It's, it's keeping you from getting lost in them. So I don't see it as an inherent problem. As you get more refined in your, uh, your uh, resting in awareness, that may drop away on its own. But don't like, try to get rid of it at all because it is grounding you in a, some way, in a certain way and you're reporting no problem with it. And the lady over here. Um, 
uh, that's, we're not really exploring that so much on this retreat. She wanted to know about the differences between the third foundation, fourth foundations, for instance, that an angry state of mind. One way to think about it, and again, many teachers describe it different ways, that the state itself of anger is the, is the third foundation. This is the quality of the mind. With the fourth foundation, you, you, you have the knowledge that allows you to understand what you have recognized has arisen in the third. So in the third, oh, anger is here. And then with the fourth foundation, oh, anger has the nature to arise and pass. Anger is a hindrance of the mind. Uh, and, and on and on and on. That's one way, a short, simple way. And the lady that was in front, someone else said, yes, here. So she, as she turned to objects, she noticed how quickly objects were changing, and she she found that beautiful and energetically inspiring in a certain way. She felt the surge of energy of that, and her question was, is it okay to stay with that, or am I getting too seduced and I should go back to the breath? My advice would be that if you are getting lost in all of your comments about your experience, then then go back to the breath or just deliberately move to another object. However, if you are staying with that rapidly changing experience, that, that, you, you, that, that, is, that is a Vipassana moment in that way. And so it, it is fine to stay with it. At times it may be very beautiful and very energetically ecstatic, and other times it can be frightening or disorienting, and you see the whole range just within that experience. So it's a, it's a worthwhile place to be with and to investigate, as long as you don't go into a lot of speculation. That's all we have time for in the way of questions. Um, we, there is the Monday nights, uh, some, certain Monday nights in the community hall down below, they offer dinner to create uh, additional sangha, the feeling of sangha, and all of us on retreat, and our dana, we give generously uh, our flexibility so that we can accommodate that. So this is part of our practice. So tonight we will be having uh, supper, tea time at five. So it will be five o'clock instead of five fifteen. Five o'clock, and then once we've had our tea, to drift back up more rapidly so that we. Because we don't want to kind of get disturbed by people coming in with a lot of different vibration. Uh, uh, Temple is, uh, had, a, had a, a personal errand this morning that he is not here. He will be here this afternoon. Uh, uh, in your walking meditation today, you have a choice. You can stick with the way you've been doing it, or you can go back to just being aware of the body and the changing experience in the body. So it's, again, you would match your walking practice with how you're doing your sitting practice. So doing those two together. And uh, 
because we've introduced this new practice, it's very easy to uh, use that as an excuse to break our continuity. But continuity is even more important in terms of insight during the choiceless awareness, during Vipassana. So really recommit to your own uh, your own continuity of moment, moment. So as, as you're standing up, before you stand up, commit to the continuity of being present for standing up. And then when you're standing, commit to the continuity of knowing you're walking out the door, either with your breath or just in a Vipassana way. The other thing that I would mention is in terms of this choiceless awareness, that same quality of cultivating this immediacy of intending. Immediately I intend to be present in this choiceless aware way, just as I intend to be present just with the breath. That this cultivation of intention that's so immediate, the immediacy of experience requires this immediacy of our intention to meet it. Have a wonderful day of practice.